Welcome to another edition of Big Ten Spotlight. He is Deion Thomas, the all-time leading scorer for the Illinois Fighting Illini. And I am Aaron York, the all-time leader in, I can't say getting frustrated. I can't say crying about Penn State basketball because Penn State basketball had a thrilling win. So I'm just Aaron York. I'm happy. And we are happy to be talking about Big Ten basketball after a thrilling weekend. What was your favorite part of that last weekend? We had some great games, Dion. Well, first of all, let me say this. You are Aaron York. I mean, you're like James Bond. So <laughs> wow. take that, hold it, run with it, big fella, because you are that guy. What the young folks say, I am him. That's yes, what you that are. That's what they say. I've heard that before. You, you are him. You are Aaron York. So the rest thank of you, Dion. Big fella. But no, I mean it's it's just been a great week of of basketball. I mean, if you if you take a look back over everything that has taken place, I mean, you had some big. Some, well, I wouldn't say some big games yesterday, but you had some games the other day and that have gone on, but. You know, I came back after covering the Texas, ten, uh, Tennessee, Illinois game, uh, which turned out to be, you know, let's just be quite honest, a, a really doggone good game. And, you know, if your if your horses are clicking at the right time, and this is why we played this game, if your horses are running in this race, they have to play better. Let's just be honest. You know, Terrence Shannon, although he finished with 20-plus points, didn't have a great game or, or the game that he's used to having. So he didn't play very well. Marcus Damask came off, you know, definitely didn't play the way he played the last game. He had 33 before that and really didn't do a whole lot uh, in, in this past game. But you had a really good um, game from Quincy Guerre, who played really well. You know, you had Auburn go, you know, and, and, and maybe you don't know, you're too young but I am not a Bruce Pearl fan and you can go back and read the history. Any Illinois people that are listening to this will know maybe even a few Iowa people may remember that story, but sad to see Indiana go down to Auburn, especially the way they did. Um, Auburn put a foot to their butt, but I will say this, Bruce is a good coach. So this is not a surprise. It's just maybe the, the size of the loss. Um, and then of course, losing like that, at home, 104 to 76. Purdue did their thing up in Canada against a really good Alabama team. And, you know, we were, we were talking and we had a little thing, you know, previous uh, conversations you and I had, we were talking about who is Minnesota, you know, and Minnesota showed a little bit of metal, you know, dropping a 20 point loss on FGCU. So, you know, Really kind of mixed bag of, of what basketball looked like this weekend, but you still got to take your hat off to Purdue. Uh, they are they continue to show themselves as a high-level team uh, and doing their thing. And then you got Northwestern, who has been a surprise, who knocked off that Purdue team, you know, putting a foot in, in Detroit, you know, the University of Detroit. Another team we talked about, your Cornhuskers. <laughs> oh, oh wow Sparty is Sparty is in some trouble man we you know we might have to talk about that later on when we do yes our we're, defi we're definitely gonna have to Ooh. 
Um, is that is one of the biggest stories in the conference. Yes. And you don't want to take away from Nebraska. And they got done without Josiah Alec. He missed the game with an ankle injury. And they got the big home win against Michigan State. But, of course, everyone's going to want to know about the marquee team. The first story is going to be what's wrong with Michigan State? When is Michigan State going to get going? They came in with such high expectations. Yeah, top so, 10 ranked. I mean, come on. And they're, yeah, they're not, top, top, they're 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 not top 10 right now. Yeah, oh shoot, they bought they barely bottom five, top ten, bottom ten right they're now. They're in a battle to be top ten in the Big Ten conference. <laughs> it is ugly. And then, you know, Purdue, of course, lost that first game against Northwestern, came back and, and battled the Hawkeyes and gave it to them. Then the Hawkeyes at home get Michigan. Another team that we questioned, we didn't know who were they, who are they, what are they gonna be like. Michigan goes over to uh Iowa City. It just lays the smack down on aisles. Yes. I mean, so you you asked what was the fave? I guess if I had to look at a favorite, it definitely wasn't a loss for my fight in the line. I, I, I you know, I'm not going to – this is a Big Ten-centric podcast, so I am not going to harp on that. It has to be the Purdue win over Alabama. That is a very impressive win. Alabama is a very good team. You know, we're going to talk kind of – you know, conference rankings here later on. Um, but they're one of those teams that you're going to look at uh, in that SEC because they're not just a football school anymore. You know, Alabama's playing pretty good, but you got to take your hat off to big Zach Eady and uh, Purdue Boilermakers. Yeah, that was, that was my favorite game of the weekend. That was the most thrilling game maybe in all of college basketball. There were points scored all over the place. We got to see Mark's, Mark Sears. Just dropped yeah, three man. after three on Purdue and Purdue able to withstand it. Like yes. And you had crazy lead changes. You had Alabama be up by nine in the second half and then Purdue swung it so that they were up by nine. Then Alabama took the lead back and then Purdue yeah. finally able to close it out. Maybe Braden Smith's best game of his career. I believe he had a career high 27 points to go with eight assists and five rebounds. And as we get into ranking the Big Ten against the other conferences, we have to think about what the ceiling for this Purdue team is if Brayden Smith can take that step. And if anyone's going to take that step on this Purdue team, I think it's going to be him where he could be the second star player that opponents have to worry about, as well as Zach Eady. If he can play like this and score like he did against Alabama consistently, then it is there. Purdue's going to be a big problem on a national level and really reach that national title contender status that we talked about them being at the start of the season. Well, no, I mean, he, he's already anyone. And, and I, you know, anyone that's watched big 10 basketball, understand he and lawyer uh, Smith and lawyer, that is when they came in as freshmen, I mean, they came in highly touted for that Purdue Boilermaker team and people kind of was, Hey man, how you going to do? And you know, you hear coaches all the time. I've used it myself when I coach the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. Now both of these guys are sophomores and you, you talk about them stepping up their games. They have been able to pivot off one another along with Zach Eady um, to really be that one, two and three punch uh, for this Purdue team. But one of the greatest things about Purdue that no one talks about is Purdue's defense. Uh, this is a solid defensive team. They're always in, in, in their help positions in the correct places. They're not going to overwhelm you like some of the teams with traps and or, or mixing up defenses or things of that nature. 
they always play solid defense. They're in help position. It's kind of a pack line type defense where they're defending the three-point line and just trying to make you take difficult shots. And if you do get past one of those guys, then you got to deal with seven foot plus, seven foot plus, 300 plus Zach Eady in there. You know, he, he can block shots without actually touching the ball just because he changes shots when he comes over to help. But that team's for real. Purdue's for real. And I think they're right now, as we're going to go talk about this later, is the, the is the cream of the crop in the Big Ten, even though they are not ranked number one in the Big Ten right now. I still think that they are the cream of the crop. But, you know, we talked about conferences. This is where we are today. So, Aaron, A.Y., I, I put to you, best conference in college basketball is... I think it's the Big 12. I think the Big 12's been at the top the last two or three years. And oh, I'm a little offended when you put that three years in there. One or two, the last one or two, maybe. Three? Come on, AY. No, maybe I'll look what I, I'm gonna have to look back three years. Yeah. Maybe I was maybe uh maybe I jumped the gun with three years. So okay, I'll give you two back for sure. to, 2000, uh, two, oh, they had Kansas and Baylor in 2022. They had Kansas and Baylor as number one seeds. Well, no, and I'm not looking at the, where they were seeded during the tournament. I like to look at the – when I say the best conference, right, I look at the conference as a whole. I'm not looking at yeah. the, the top of the conference where you may well, have top's a, Yeah, the top's a big yeah. part of it. Yeah, well, you got like right, let's, yeah. two teams that are the very best – and two of the best in the country, and then you get down to three, four, five, and six, and they're nowhere to be seen. But I do have to agree with you this year, though. The Big 12 has six teams uh, rated in the Ken Palm uh, top 25. You know, a lot of people may say, well, yeah, you know, analytics, da 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 da, da. I think Ken Palm and, and the Pomroy ratings are, are – and I'm not even an analytics guy. I'm an old-school guy. I, you know, yeah. the eye test. That's the kind of guy I am. You're young, so you're probably an analytics guy. So I'll, I'll I'll give that part to you. I used to be more of an analytics guy, and then they got a little out of control. Oh yeah, they're way out of control, but that's okay. But they, you know, I, I, even as a coach, I would use the Pomeroy um, rankings. Yeah, especially with really good job. Yeah, I mean, our our view of these conferences is so limited by head-to-head matchups. So that we have seen a lot of Tennessee, we've seen some Alabama, but. For the Big 12, we haven't seen a lot of these teams play Big 10 teams. So, yeah, you need numbers. You need yes. big sites like Ken Palm to compare. It's definitely a helpful tool. And and I think for this one, which is where I got a lot of my info from, because he delved so deep, they delved so deep into the numbers. Six teams in the Big 12 in the top 25. Got to give it to them. Got to take your hat off. They are the top team in the, the top conference in the country right now because they have multiple teams that are doing it and that are in there. They're not so top heavy. Um, yeah. And they got some they got some good, you know, they got AP rankings, coaches rankings as well. But this is where I like to delve a little bit deeper into the numbers. And real quick on the Big 12, it's a strange year because you have Texas and, and Oklahoma. They're both playing well, but both of, they're on their way out. So yeah. this is like a super year for the Big 12 because you still have Texas and Oklahoma. And then you have the newcomers like Houston and BYU were playing great. So this could be the strongest Big 12. It's a one-shot deal. But this is a really super conference that is not going to stay like this for another year. So I thought nope. that was interesting. Nope. There will be some shape-shifting there. It'll look like the X-Men. 
you know, you got people changing and flip-flopping and conference changes and all of those good things, but Big 12. All right, your number two, big fella, your number two. Number two is close, but uh, I'm going to stick with the, I'm going to stick with Ken Palm and go with the SEC. I just have not been super impressed with the Big Ten. I think Purdue's the only real elite team. Ooh, the I SEC, think- I the uh, Tennessee's just they have, they have three losses, but we've talked about how ridiculous their schedule's been. Alabama's also has three losses that they've played a really tough schedule. They've lost to Purdue and Ohio State, but Alabama, I know they have at least a couple wins. They've also they do have a win over Oregon, and I just uh, they were impressed with that loss to Purdue because they're right there with Purdue. So I think Alabama can be a top team. And then Auburn, really impressed by them, by the way they handled Indiana. I think that was a key part. At least maybe there's some recency bias, but seeing Auburn destroy Indiana like that, I think both those teams see themselves as tier one or two, tier two teams in their own conference. And Auburn winning that battle the way they did, that puts the SEC over the Big Ten for me. And... The Big Ten might have better depth, but and then you also have Kentucky and Texas A&M with that road win over Ohio State. And uh, Mississippi State's played pretty well. They had a shocking loss to Southern, but other than that, they've been strong. So I, I give the SEC a slight edge. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, again, not looking at the top of, of the conference. I look at those teams that are underneath. You know, who who's lying belief? Arkansas too. Arkansas beat Duke. Yeah, Duke struggled, but I like Arkansas too. See, there you go, Ay. That's why I told you, man. You are that guy. You are him. Who pulls Arkansas out of this? I mean, Arkansas right now is not in that Ken Palm top twenty-five, but they should be. I mean, that team is really. They've good. also played a brutal schedule. Lost to North yes. Carolina. Lost to Oklahoma. Lost to Memphis. So. I don't know much about Memphis, so I can't really comment on them, but those other two teams are yeah. really good losses. But, you know, that 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 SEC team has uh, – the conference has been coming along from a basketball standpoint. Many people have known the SEC, of course, for football, where you got uh, – you know, you got your Alabamas, you got your Georgias, you know, and all of those, and people blow up and hear all those things because you got the huge coaches like Nick Saban, who I am a huge fan of, so – Coach Saban, been loving you since you were with the Miami Dolphins and even before that when you were at LSU. But we're not going to talk. Uh, this is a Big Ten spotlight, so we're not going to talk about the SEC. But I agree with you 100%. I think the SEC is the second um, best conference right now. But I think the Big Ten, um, which we are covering, is a very close um, second, a very close third, I mean, to that SEC right now. You know, of course, there's not very many teams that are going to beat a Purdue. Uh, I don't care which conference you're in. You're just not going to do it. Illinois is a hard out for whomever you're going to play. Um, Wisconsin, even though they just lost. These are teams that I believe will get better um, as time goes on. Even covering Illinois, and I watched them play, they beat a very, very good FAU team. And then you turn around and, you know, after a three-game swing on the weekend and one night in your bed, and then you're flying early morning um, out to Knoxville, and they ended up losing that game, but it was a competitive game uh, throughout. Just couldn't get guys to make, you know, you just you got to make baskets in basketball, uh, and, and they did not do that. So it was a really tough loss. But I do like 
Um, kind of those, I guess the Big Ten in the, that middle section is not as strong as it has been in the past, but Ohio State is a very good team. Um, Indiana is a very good team, even though they just got blasted by 30 by Auburn. Um, um, Northwestern is going to be a tough out for anyone. I don't care who it is that is stepping up to them. Michigan is starting to show, you know, some like they're coming alive. Now, I mean, we'll see if they continue to grow a, a, as a team. But and then and then Iowa. Iowa's always going to be a tough out for people because of their ability to be able to put the ball in the basket defensively. Sometimes you got a question, but you know, Fran McCaffrey has always been an offensive wizard, and they're going to get that. They're going to get better. And Nebraska. Nebraska's been a surprise, even though they got blown out in their little, uh, I guess, rivalry. Uh, in-state rivalry, but you know Nebraska is pretty doggone good. So you you have multiple teams uh, in the Big Ten that are in that top twenty-five, but are in that top thirty, top forty, uh, as well as the other conferences. Um, but I I think that Big Ten uh, conference is right there. They're, they're they're right there, and I think these teams will get um, better as time goes on. But so does everyone. So we'll see how that continues as they move forward. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the Big Ten. I, when I was going through the conference rankings, I think I like the Big East a little better because I see them as having three national title contenders. Yep. But when you get below that, you have Villanova and Xavier are teams that have nice wins, but also really head scratching losses. And so you could say that about some of the Big Ten teams in the middle tier. I think Purdue's on a tier of their own. I have them as the cream of the crop. And we already talked about how good they looked against Alabama. And I liked how they were able to win a game that was fast paced like that when we know they want to slow it down, grind it out with Zach Eady. Mm-hmm. And getting Braden Smith a game like that out of him was a really good sign for Purdue. And then I think Illinois, they have a chance. You're a line I have a chance to get to that next tier to maybe challenge Purdue for a conference title. But just a couple of questions about them. What are they getting out of the point guard spot? It doesn't seem like they have a true point guard. I see Terrence Shannon as a good scoring guard. And then Marcus Damask, we saw how great he was against FAU. If he could just channel that version of Marcus Damask more often, he fell off a little bit against a really good defensive team in Tennessee. And he's someone, I talked about him being a point forward, but he did not play well against Tennessee. He's been inconsistent uh, mm-hmm. in his first season as a major conference player. And then Ty, you know, Ty Rogers plays the point sometimes, but he's someone who tends to disappear in games. I don't know how much they can get out of him every game. So I really want to see Illinois just figure out that point guard spot before I move them into the top tier. Okay. Uh, I also have Wisconsin lurking. Wisconsin had the puzzling loss to Providence, and then they played – Really, yeah. really well. They had, as I'm, they beat Michigan State on the road, which doesn't look as good, but they also have the big home win against Marquette, the big neutral win against Virginia. Then they went out to Arizona. They got destroyed. Arizona had an unreal shooting game. Yeah, they did. You know, Arizona's strong. I would have liked to see Wisconsin hang around a little bit more in that game, but certainly no shame in losing to that Arizona team that is the AP number one team in the country. And let's finish out my tier two. Now I have Northwestern because mainly because of that win over Purdue, because other than that, we have not seen a lot of premier opponents for Northwestern. Their one loss is to 
pretty good SEC team in Mississippi State. Other than that, not a lot of challenging games in their schedule, but I just love, I love the shooting that they can deliver with Bowie, with Barry, with the Princeton tra- transfer uh, Langborg. Uh, they are just going to give teams all sorts of problems with the way they can shoot from long range. And then the iffy team I have in my tier two, Indiana. I like that they're able to beat Michigan because I still see Michigan as a team with a lot of potential, but Indiana against the two top tier national teams on their schedule, they have been outclassed. Uh, I was at the Connecticut game where they were blown out by 20 and then they go and they lose to Auburn by almost 30. And you have to wonder, they have a win over Maryland, but I'm really low on Maryland despite them. They barely beat Penn state at home. Other than that, Maryland has been, Really, really disappointing. So would like to see more quality wins from Indiana, but certainly they have talent. And also with Xavier Johnson out, Gabe Cups played pretty well against Auburn. He's a freshman who, like you said, the freshman becomes sophomore. He has to yes. grow up really quickly now with Xavier Johnson out. If they can get him back and, and get more out of their backcourt, that's a team that can improve. Okay. So, um, yeah, what, let's talk about the uh, – the, uh, the bottom half, if you will, of the conference? Who do you have uh, some teams down there that have uh, disappointed you? The surprising teams down there. Um, yeah. But first, let's go back. I, I Yeah. So did you rate the Big East above the Big Ten? So you have the Big just Ten. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Oh, hey, why? See, I give you all of this love, and I tell you you're him, and then you yeah. say something like that. Then that lets me know that you, you're not you're not him. No. Oh no! I lost it. I was I, him for about fifteen minutes. Yes, so you were him for fifteen minutes. No, I will say this though: I do like the Big East Conference. Um, I, I, I think the three. I'm teams, a New York guy. I have a soft spot for the Big. There East. you go. There you go. I figured it yeah. out. I figured it out. There's a little location bias in there, but okay, I get it. I get. It. I understand the the top three teams in the Big and the Big East are all title contenders. You know. Uh, UConn, Marquette, I, I think they are all in that um, position where where they have a chance to be that team. And and Marquette, when I watched them handle <laughs> North Carolina, um, and and North Carolina is pretty doggone good. Of course, Marquette came in the Champagne and beat Illinois, even though Illinois was right there. And and really, in my opinion, and this is not my biasness. Um, Without the four turnover, four consecutive turnovers where Marquette went down and scored, and then Illinois was trying to claw back. They were ahead when that little string help happened, and they just weren't able to crawl back into that. And then, as you mentioned, Creighton went into and 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 beat Nebraska, beat them pretty handily. But that's that, again, we're talking about conferences. Those three teams really, really good. But then you 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 sink down into the conference, and yes, there are other teams. There are other teams in the Big East that are good. But even Ken Palm was like, ah, you know, you get down to number thirty, then you have you know you got Villanova, then you got to go way down, and you got Xavier and Providence. So that's all I'm saying. I understand where you're going. I understand you got a little location bias in there, but I got to disagree with you a little bit on that. But let's move over, as you said. Yeah. Forward. Yeah, that'll be something to watch. Well, we can have our own little Big East Big Ten challenge. Yes, I'll be, yes, the, uh, I'll I'll be the heel that. here. Yeah, we'll we'll monitor that. I think some of those teams like Providence and 
Xavier and Villanova have a lot of potential. But yeah, let's let's Agreed. move on to the Big Ten now. I agree. Um, you 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 mentioned the t- the tiers. I agree with you. Purdue right now, I believe, is in a class by themselves. Uh, I, I think even though with that loss to Northwestern, sometimes you play against teams that just have your number, and and that's kind of the situation. Let, Purdue was number one last year. They go into Chrysler, they get beat by uh, Northwestern. This year, number one, go into Evanston again, get knocked out of there, and probably one of the best games I've seen all year. Um, that Northwestern Purdue game when they beat Purdue. So. Purdue is definitely, I believe, still in a class by themselves. I like that Northwestern team. Uh, Chris Collins, who I've known for many years. As a matter of fact, you got a quick little note for you. I was his senior year host on his official visit to the University of Illinois. So that tell you how far, <laughs> how far we that. go back. He came that. in, he was a 17-year-old snot-nosed kid, and now He's about to take uh, Northwestern, I believe, back to the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. The first coach to do it there, and now he's going to take them back again in in another run. But I would have to go, and I'm going to go through this relatively quickly. I'll put Purdue. Purdue is kind of in a class by themselves, so I won't put them in there. Let's go Northwestern, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin are in that next tier. About you know, I'll say with themselves, and 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 I'm I'm on the fence with Indiana. I really like Indiana, so it pains me to not put them in there um, because I love the makeup of their team. Uh, you know, the big boys on the inside are going to win a lot of games for them. So you know what? I'm just going to shove them in there. So we're going to go Indiana, Northwestern, uh, Illinois, and in that next tier. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin, Ohio State. I'm going to put Michigan in, in there. And I know this, this may sound crazy because right now they're dead last in the Big Ten. But I'm putting Michigan State in there. You don't, yeah, bet, I, against, you don't bet against Tom Izzo. You, you just don't. Those guys will get it. I mean, you know, when, when you have a point guard like Tyson – you, 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 you know, you lean on those things. You talked about Illinois' point guard situation. I do not disagree with you. Um, but as I was debating some friends last night about Illinois, Illinois runs a motion offense. A true point guard is not really a necessity. So, you know, from a coaching standpoint, just not a necessity. Do you have a leader on the floor that gets guys in their position and where they need to go? Yeah, they have that. Do their offense run smoothly, you know, when uh, – yes, most of the time. And a lot of that is they just have to get out of their own selfish ways sometimes. But they've done a great job of finding people that are hot and kind of doing an NBA-centric type um, way of playing where, okay, you're bigger and stronger than he is. Then we're going to go to you. So I, I do not disagree with that. But Michigan State, back to them. I, I would have to put them in that in – that, Third tier, I guess that is, um, because Purdue's by themselves. Uh, I have to put them in there. Um, I, I know, respect, and love what Tom Izzo does. Um, to bring all of those players back uh, and, and then add what you've added to it, I do believe they're going to turn around what they're doing. I mean, right now, 0-2 in the Big Ten, uh, just coming off a tough tough loss. I, I'd still have to put them in there. Um, and, and maybe – 
people might say I'm a little Tom Izzo bias, and and I would agree with that 100% because I am. Um, but I think he turns it around. Nebraska, Minnesota, um, and Miss and Iowa are, are kind of even though Iowa's 0-2 right now. Again, Fran McCaffrey is one of the best coaches that I've seen coach. He'll get those guys turned back around. And I'm just not sold right now, even though they're playing really well at eight and two. I'm not sold on Nebraska yet. I'm not sold on Minnesota yet at eight and three overall, and they're playing really well. I think Maryland is better than what they have shown. And, you know, and then I think they're in a tier by themselves, and this is probably too many tiers. And then then Penn State and Rutgers are in a tier by themselves because I cannot figure those guys out. And I know you are the Penn State guy, but at six and three Rutgers, five and five um, Penn State, I don't know if they know who they are. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. They yeah, exactly. both went on Saturday. Yeah, and they won on Saturday. So this is why, you know, I have to put the Big Ten above the Big East as far as conferences because I think the the middle and lower middle of the Big Ten might be better than I think they are. They might be. And, and, and I'm waiting to see. Just have I have not seen enough of them to say so but if i look at their overall records and granted they have not played you know the the scorchers uh, of ncaa basketball just yet they're gonna have they're gonna be able to prove themselves and and with the possibility of winning a lot of quad one wins within the big 10 and then this weekend coming up as we as we talked about with some of these teams yeah uh yeah before we get to the weekend real quick where i disagree with you we agree on a lot. And that tier three, I have Michigan State. I have Ohio State, who would be higher if they had not blown a huge lead to my Nittany Lions. And then mm-hmm. Michigan, I, I still like Michigan's talent with McDaniel and Kumwa a lot, but they had that tough loss to Indiana. And he yeah. did beat Iowa. They, Michigan just does not have a ton of quality wins right now, but sure. I like their potential. Nebraska, they have a lot of wins over non-quality opposition and they get the huge win over Michigan State huge for that program and Fred Hoiberg so I have them at the bottom of tier three tier four I have Iowa in there I am not a believer in Iowa this year even though they do have a history under Fran McCaffrey of playing really good and getting up and down the floor scoring a lot of points and being an NCAA tournament team I just three blowout losses in a row and that game they only lost by 10 against Michigan and they were trailing in the second half. Michigan came out like gangbusters in the second half and really led by double digits for most of it. It took a flurry at the end just for Iowa to get within 10. I'm really worried about their defense and I just do not think they have the shooters this year to get their way out of it. Ben Cricky carrying that offense. I don't think they're getting enough out of the backcourt and this is the team that historically under Fran McCaffrey has gotten a lot of scoring out of their three-point shooting, their backcourt. I don't know if it's good enough this year and the three straight blowouts have me really worried about Iowa. And then I have Maryland at the very bottom, even though they beat Penn state, it was at home and it was in Maryland's building in overtime. So I think Penn state can win that game on a neutral court or a home court. And also Penn state has a quality win over Ohio state now. So that puts them slightly above Maryland. And who else did I want to mention? Minnesota, they have won a couple games against weak opposition without Dawson Garcia. 
and they have that big win where they lost Dawson Garcia, the big win over Nebraska. So I have Minnesota third from the bottom and I have Iowa fourth from the bottom. And then I have Rutgers slightly above Iowa. Rutgers just going to have to grind it out. Still not very impressed with how they can score the ball, but they did. They That's the problem. They did, they, I think they're going to score more because of their freshmen. They got a good game from Gavin Griffiths, who's a top 50 player in this class. And they had another freshman who stepped up against Seton Hall. And that was Noah Fernandez. The UMass transfer had a nice game. And they mm-hmm. also got why they had another freshman step up against Seton. Oh, Jamichael Davis. Jamichael Davis played well in that game. So I think if Rutgers can, can get some more out of these freshmen, they can score a little bit more and rise up in the Big Ten. All right, so yeah, let's go this Saturday. Uh, we got some, I think, four premier games this Saturday. Which one are you looking forward to the most? The one I'm looking forward to the most, I'm sure, is the same one that you're looking forward to. Arizona Purdue. Yes. I mean, oh man, blockbuster. This is going to be an absolute what what the they the old folks used to call it an absolute slobber knocker. Yes. You know, this is going to be a a game of who's and I don't think it's even going to come down to the interior guys because Zach Eady, I believe, is going to dominate this game as he always does. How can Purdue's guards, as we, you know, I just praised Lawyer and Smith, how are they going to play against the length and the athleticism of the Arizona, um, of the Arizona guards? That's what's going to really show. Can can they come out and run their offensive offense effective enough against the Arizona Wildcats? That that's what's going to be the key uh, to this game. Um, Arizona is a very good team. They love to get up and down the court. Can Purdue control the tempo? Can they control how you know the the can they can they rebound with this uh, Arizona team? And I think those are the things that are going to really be able to stand out. Um, you know, once Arizona brought over Caleb Love, Caleb Love was a beast in North Carolina. I really like him. Um, and you know, how does Balo can Balo and and Krivas deal with Zach Eady? I mean, that's going to be a lot of intrigue into seeing how these things take place. But the team that can control the tempo. The team that can rebound the basketball, if Lawyer and them can can run their offense effective enough against the length of this Arizona team, can they do that? If they do that, they win. If they don't do that, they don't win. I mean, and it's that plain and simple. Yeah, Purdue has a chance to get back in the number one spot if they can knock off Arizona. It is in Indianapolis, so you expect uh, Purdue to have an advantage there. And yeah, I like uh, a big problem for Wisconsin was Balo getting dunk after dunk after dunk on the pick and roll on the high low action. So Edie is someone who can make it a little more difficult for Arizona to score. And like you said, there's so much talent on both sides. This is a game that could be the best game of the non-conference overall with, with, uh, with the way we expect it to go down. I'm thrilled to see that game. And then you also have Kansas visiting Indiana. Mm-hmm. This is a chance for Indiana to get that big win that they have been lacking. But Kansas is such a tough opponent. 
Maybe you get Ware, Khalil Ware neutralizing Hunter Dickinson, but then Candace can also come at you with Dequan Harris and with, with McCuller and with the other players they have in the backcourt. And I talked about Indiana's backcourt. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with Kansas, but in Assembly Hall, you always have to give IU a chance. Malik Renu is going to have to have a huge game in order for Indiana to pull that upset. And then yeah, another thing, yeah. I'm sorry, it's almost going to have to be a mis- almost a perfect game, yeah, for Indiana. Um, better yet, let's let's jump back. Just want to you know mention a couple. Sure. The you talked about the Balo getting the the dunk after dunk. Yeah, yeah. the way Kansas, I mean uh, Arizona, runs their pick and roll, it's it's good. It's going to really be able to interesting to see how um, Arizona does against the drop coverage because it's really a drop coverage. You're not going to have Zach Eady extending where Balo can get those rolls to the basket, and then Purdue's better with their weak side help. Can Arizona knock down enough threes? Because you're not going to get that that clear roll and lob. You may get one or two of those. And then you're not going to penetrate down the basket against Zach Eady. And again, Purdue does a really good job in their help defense. So, you know, they take a lot of those things away that are Arizona's strengths. But Arizona just got a bunch of horses. Are my horses better than yours? So that's going to be interesting to see. But I agree with you 100%. Indiana has to play almost a perfect game. Kansas is good. Kansas is really damn good. And I don't care where they're playing. They can be on the road, at home. Does Indiana have a chance to win? Yes, um, because I think Indiana is really good. I don't. I think Hunter Dickinson, um, depending on the aggressiveness that he comes out and plays with, has the advantage over the young uh, front court uh, of Indiana. But the 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 downside of that is just like when Hunter played when uh, Kansas came and played in the exhibition in Champaign. Indiana's defended him. They know how he plays. They know what he can do. They know how to take away some of the things he does. Does that hurt uh, Kansas? Because Kansas plays heavily right now through Hunter Dickerson. And, and I think if they can spread things out a little bit more, meaning spread the wealth and other guys can get a little bit more involved, um, I think that'll help um, Kansas. But this is a really – I like the size of this front court from Indiana against the size of the front court from, from Kansas. How well those guards play will be the will, will be will determine how this game goes. But we got a pre we got a, a, a precursor to next year's Big Ten. Now they don't play next year, but they will eventually. Ohio State, UCLA. What do you think about that one? I think Ohio State is going to be glad to get out on the West Coast, get as far away from State College as possible and try to get that bad taste out of their mouths. This is a team, Ohio State, if they had just hung on to that lead against Penn State and not turn the ball over so much, we would have been thinking about them maybe as being a sneaky top-tier team in this Big Ten. But instead, now they have to go out to UCLA and they have to – and they have a tough – Battle on their hands, but I give Ohio State a decent chance. Although it's not in UCLA, it's in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta, so we'll be pretty neutral, which yeah. is a leg up for Ohio State. So, yeah, with the with the scoring guards, we saw them tail off in that second half. They just couldn't put away Penn State. But Marcus Thornton is maybe one of the most underrated players in the Big Ten. Agreed. And. They're going to rely on that backcourt a lot. They have the freshman Middleton, who's starting to get more involved. 
and I have not seen a lot of UCLA, but you figure it's going to be tough for Ohio State. They they haven't played a ton of of super strong competition. Ohio State they did beat Minnesota. They have that went big win over Alabama. They also lost to Texas A&M at home. That's a team that they're, according to Ken Palm, they should be on even footing with, and they lost at home. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a huge, a huge uh, indicator of where Ohio State is as we get into conference play. Because that loss at Penn State, that was really, really surprising, especially when it looked like they had that game totally in hand and. We look, you look at UCLA, they're looking for a quality win because they've lost to Marquette. They've lost to Gonzaga, both on neutral floors. They went all the way to Villanova and lost. So they're a team that if they don't win against Ohio State, they're going to have to, they are going to have their work cut out for them. They're going to have to do really well in the Pac-12 in order to boost their NCAA resume. What do you, who do you give the edge to in this game? I, I would have to give – well, first of all, Mick Cronin – let, let's talk about Mick, uh, Midwestern guy, of course, you know, was at Cincinnati forever, had that team playing big, strong, physical. And so this team is going to be competitive. They have size, they have length, they have athleticism. Um, they're playing on a neutral court. Um, it's really hard to say, let me first of all say that, but I, I, I I might have to give the edge to UCLA, the, the new addition to the Big Ten. Um, but they are a very solid team. And as we said, if if um, Ohio State, you, you know, you have to beat those opponents you're supposed to beat. They should have beaten Penn State. Penn State's not as good as they are. And, and that's just the bottom line. Yep. <laughs> and the problem right now is UCLA is struggling with scoring the basketball. I mean, they're, you know, 69 70 points a game ohio state defense how do you deal? how do you deal with that um but you mentioned they have some big game experience uh playing marquette playing gonzaga yes now they both they both lost they lost both of those games but this is a team that comes out and can play physical and, and are pretty doggone good so it's really going to come down to the guard play of ohio state as you mentioned do those guys come out and really uh, take over and 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 play aggressively because the guards of Ohio of, of UCLA I don't know if they're that physical they're not a great three point shooting team so now you, all you have to do is really limit and take away their drives to the basket they got three or four guys that are averaging close you know ten points or more a game so they try to spread the wealth but how deep is their lineup so you know I know I said I give it to UCLA. But I'm talking myself. Yeah, you're starting to think about Ohio State. So yeah, you're to give this to Ohio, Ohio State. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to lean back over to Bucky and, and think that 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 they may have the advantage in this game. But I think it's going to be really competitive. Yeah, I'm looking at this UCLA team. Adam Bona, the big man, is going to be a key factor because he's someone who can get them some easy baskets. Although. Ohio State has a veteran big man like Zed Key, who he's not going to just back down and he's not going to get back down in the paint very easily. So Ohio State, I, I like their chances in the paints. And it's going to depend on 
Sebastian Mack, the freshman guard for UCLA, he had a, this, a, this uh, great game against Marquette where he scored 25 points. But other than that, he's been inconsistent and he has been not shooting the ball well. Uh, that game at Villanova, he only went three for 10. Yeah. Against, and he had a bad, he also had a two for 10 and a win over UC Riverside. So he's someone who can, who can be an X factor if they cannot allow Bona to get easy buckets and, and uh, they and Sebastian Mack keeps shooting the ball consistently. Ohio State could get a big win here. I'm starting to dig their chances. Okay, so yeah. all right, one more. It is going to be a game in Detroit that Michigan State really needs if they want everyone in America to think of themselves as a contender. They will play Baylor, and they are. I don't know if the line's out, but they, they, I'm gonna I'm gonna make them an underdog because Baylor has been really strong so far. It's another team that I haven't seen a lot out of, but I've seen enough from Michigan State to say they are gonna have a a tough time, and it's going to take a big effort from Michigan State to beat Baylor. And one thing I didn't like when they went into that game in Lincoln was. They relied too much down the stretch. They relied too much on Tyson Walker. And this is what happened in the loss to James Madison. They want Tyson Walker to do everything down the stretch. They don't have, I mean, it should be AJ Hogger. We should see Malik Hall played well in that game, but he did not step up down the stretch. Walker hit a couple big shots, but then they get another big possession. And I think Hoggard pass it to Walker on the logo with the shot clock winding down and they end up jacking up a 35 foot shot with no chance of going in. And it was just an indication of how Michigan state in crunch time, they need these other guys to step up or they are going to be, or they don't have a chance against Baylor. Now they have the, we talk about Michigan state's talent. They have so much returning talent, but right now, they need more guys stepping up. Baylor has a has a win over Auburn. They opened the season with. They have also beaten Florida, Seton Hall. Now, Baylor hasn't been super tested yet, but they their offense on Ken Palm ranks as second. So they are a team who can put the ball in the basket for sure. They have some really good three point shooters on yep. this team, and that is uh, and if, if Michigan State does not get their offense where it needs to be, they're going to have trouble catching up. Well, that's it. And that's one of the things I, I agree with you 100 um, percent. And I think this is a game, to be honest, where Michigan State probably surprises. And why do I say that? If they do not turn the ball over, which Michigan State has a habit of doing, they defend what Baylor does really well. They defend the three point line. And, you know, they, they historically have been really good defenders of the three point line. Let me let me put that key word in there. Uh, what they have done also historically has been a really good rebounding team. Um, and, and this is one of the areas where, you know, I won't say Baylor is great at. What else does the Michigan State do that is difficult for Baylor? Transition baskets. Michigan State really gets out. They get out fast and they try to find easy baskets. But I do agree with you. Hogarth, Malik, those guys have to step up and be, you know, I'm not going to say Batman and Robin. They got to be more of a Justice League because right now, you know, Tyson Walker is Superman and ain't nobody else running with him. Those guys got to step up and play better. The problem with, with Michigan State and one of the problems and where I see this could be an issue for them is 
interior um, scoring. Michigan State has to find better ways to get easy baskets. They got to penetrate. They got to get the ball in and let the big fella throw him some lobs and let him dunk around the basket because that's pretty much what you're going to get from him. Um, I have to have to give the nod to Baylor for this game. Yeah. With, with the hopes that down the line, of course, with us being a Big Ten podcast, uh, Michigan State's going to have to step up. Those guys are going to have to step up and be the players that they are, especially Hogard and, and Malik. Um, and – you know, they got to get back to playing Sparty basketball because right now they're not doing it. They're, they're not playing very physical. Um, they don't look very emotionally in tuned. I mean, anytime you see the coach over there doing more yelling than the players on the floor, there's a bit of a problem. So there's somewhere there's a disconnect that they have to get to, get together. But you got to give the take your hat off right now to Baylor and give them the nod in this game. I, I'm sure this will probably there'll, there'll be at least a seven to eight point um, favorite in this game, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I think Cohen Carr is another player. He is not played super uh, often against the top competition, but he's someone maybe down the line you'd like to hope in this Baylor game, but maybe down the line this season, he steps up because he can jump and catch lobs and, rebound he's someone who can get some more minutes and give this team a lift maybe from just from an energy standpoint he can block shots just give them a lift but he is still a true freshman so he's still coming along but he's someone to look out for if Michigan State is going to pull this upset Michigan State has been really bad besides Tyson Walker they've been pretty awful shooting the three-point shot and that is in stark contrast to Baylor who is number one in shooting three-point shot so yeah. if Michigan State, they really have to at least make it close in that category or they could get run off the floor in Detroit. So that is a solid Saturday slate. During the week, it's been mostly quiet. I think it's finals week for some of these schools. They're taking tests. They're playing against a couple of tomato cans. So, but that all sets up for Saturday. We are going to find yeah. out a lot on Saturday and and if and we'll talk about Big Ten basketball all season long as we approach the renewal of conference play in the new year. Make sure yeah. you like and subscribe and leave a nice review on Apple or Spotify as we continue to move in to get closer to conference play. And I am Aaron York, and you are Dean Thomas, and we I have will. What you're the other? I am the other. I'm Ron Burgundy. We will see you next time on Big Ten Spotlight. Cannot wait to see what happens this weekend. Peace out. Peace out.